What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Town, Johnny Mundo, a.k.a. Johnny Impact, FKA, John Morrison, sometimes known as Johnny Gimmick Name, and you're listening to Wrestling Geeks Alliance. Dane is back, back again. Dane is back. Talk wrestling. I did that all off the top of my motherfucking head right now, so I just want everyone to know that ending I made up on the spot. I'm actually going to become a rapper, um, maybe a poet, actually. I don't know. How are you guys doing out there? This is a, another wonderful episode of Wrestling Geeks Alliance. Sorry for having to pause. Some things are going on, but, hey, I got a great show for you guys tonight. Um, very excited. Well, not so much excited with certain topics, I should say, but excited to talk about some of this stuff uh, with you guys because I haven't had a show with you in a couple weeks and, uh, I missed you. I missed all of you guys out there in Geek Vibes Nation. So definitely, um, you know, the usual stuff, uh, Wrestling Geeks Alliance. If you guys are new with us, uh, if you want to check us out, we're here every Wednesday at seven o'clock, uh, and Geek Vibes Nation is the, uh, you know, the, the parent company, the, the mama, if you will, to, uh, us as a child, so you can find all of Geek Vibes Nation at gvnation.com. We'll have a link to our Twitter, our Instagram, and our Facebook. And check it out. Guys, join the conversation, and uh, we're going to have a great show. We have an awesome guest with me, uh, Mr. Jeffrey Taylor, who has Jeffrey Show Live, and you can find him basically throughout social media with Jeffrey Live. He'll plug all of his plugs. How you doing, man? I'm doing well. How about yourself? Not too bad, man. You're good. Okay, just making sure, just making sure. I appreciate you for having me today. Uh, My intro goes a little something like this, if this is your first time hearing my voice. Hello, everyone, and welcome to an exciting edition of Jeffrey Show Live. And I'm your host, Jeffrey Taylor. And you can find me on all social media platforms. That is Jeffrey, J-E-F-F-R-E-Y, and Show Live all together. I appreciate you again for having me, Dang. No problem, man. Uh, yeah, I, I, I love that little intro thing that you did. I, I usually pretend I, I do a horrible – I do a lot of horrible, like, uh, impressions of different people. So sometimes I'll start the show because the Sam Roberts show, I'll be like Howard Finkel, like – and now you're listening to another episode of Wrestling Geeks Alliance. So I, 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 I get though. the. Uh, 
the 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 humor and and I appreciate that. Uh, it, it's a lot of fun. It's, it's a lot of fun. You know what? Uh, God dang it! Hoyt's messaging me trying to find out how to listen to the show. I gave him the number and he just messaged me. This is this is a mutual friend between me and Jeffrey. Actually, the reason why I'm talking to Jeffrey right now on the show, but um, uh, he asked if he has to call in, and it's like, well, I gave you a phone number, so if you're listening to this, Hoyt, because you called in, uh, you're the best. I'm just kidding. Anyways, uh, let's let's move on. You know, now we get all the social media plugs. I introduce you to this awesome guest. Let's uh, talk about some of the news involving wrestling. We have a lot to cover today, so. All right. I think um, let's talk about the not-so-great stuff, obviously, first. Um, Monday Night Raw, uh, we started it with a very familiar scene. Um, our The Universal Champion, Roman Reigns, made his way down to the ring to a fury of uh, some women and many children, and I'm sure many men, too, cheering and a loud boo from a lot of the older males in attendance. Um, he came down to the ring, started talking, made it sound very much like it was going to be a normal promo. Um, and then shortly after that, let everyone know that his name was Joe. Um, and he's a man basically, uh, outside of this character, Roman Reigns that he plays. And he's been fighting leukemia since he was 22. I believe he's 33 now. Uh, and it was away, and it came back, and basically he's got to not just vacate the universal title. I mean, that's obvious, but he's he's taken a leave of absence with the WWE to, um, you know, be with his family and, and start treatment. And, I mean, it's a blood-related cancer. I know that. So um, it, it, was, it was awful. And I feel like you could cut – like, I haven't seen that many episodes of Raw – I watched the uh, episode of Raw the night after, um, and the episode of Nitro, for that matter, the night after Owen Hart died, and that was pretty grim, and and the whole move was very, very strange on both of them. Um, And I, you know, I started watching wrestling again, took a break, started watching wrestling again when Daniel Bryan was kind of in the middle of his run, and and the saddest thing that I've witnessed was him retiring. Um, but this, this, this was another thing that just sucked. I think that most people out there, unfortunately, have had some type of interaction um, to, with a family member or a friend or, or coworker, whoever, uh, with cancer. Uh, my grandmother battled breast cancer twice. She's thankfully still alive. My mentor and one of my favorite teachers, uh, Miss Smith, um, basically is also going through uh, cancer right now. And I've known friends that have passed and. The list goes on. It's extremely unfortunate. was just crazy and out of nowhere. And I'm happy, uh, Jeffrey, that it seemed like, you know, everyone was being, you know, the same thing, you know, screw Roman Reigns, blah, 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 rah, rah, rah. As soon as he mentioned that, yeah, there were there were a couple of idiots, and I'll get to that in a second. Uh, it seemed like you could hear a pin drop with the audience. It seemed like everyone shut up, and then it was unanimous. You know, I'm sure a lot of people had uh, for maybe stuff in the past because I, you know, I I didn't I guess I didn't see the beginning of this push for Roman as much, but I always thought that Roman should be basically like the Undertaker uh, for this generation. He's the the locker room leader. He's a great wrestler to throw into whatever. 
He can work as a face or baby face wherever you put him. He's going to be a huge person. I just, and I think a lot of people, you know, and rightfully so, were sick of him getting pushed to the moon. And I think even he might have felt uncomfortable about that. I have no idea. Uh, But I've seen a lot of people post a lot of ridiculous shit in the past that just made me just, it's, it's like, I've heard he's a bad wrestler and, you know, I'm sorry, but the guy behind the keyboard being the warrior, I trust people like Chris Jericho and Randy Orton over your opinion of just not liking a guy based on his gimmick. It's kind of like saying Shia LaBeouf is a bad actor. It's like, okay, well, you know, are you saying that because you really have seen his movies and think that, or is that the trendy thing to do? So that type of shit does bother me. And any, any person that's saying pretty horrible stuff online, and there's a small minute amount and any person that was trying to make it their show after he admitted it was leukemia. And I'm sure there was some that for some reason thought this was still a work. Wasn't, but you guys suck. That's all I have to say. I've, I've said in the past, learn how swimming lessons in a volcano. I'll just leave it at that. Um, but it was uh, pretty, uh, pretty depressing uh, to say the least. You could tell like not a lot of people knew apparently like only like, I think around 12 people might've known within the company I'm um, sure, obviously, Vince and Triple H for them. Um, but, you know, Corey Graves, you could tell that he had no idea about it. When they were talking about him going to the ring, uh, it seemed like people weren't aware. They were still talking about the championship match. Um, it's it, it it just was crazy. And then when he went in the back, uh, there's a video on WWE.com. You can see on the Facebook of just the interaction between everyone. Because he was, he took the void that John Cena and Undertaker had in that company uh, before him of being the locker room guy that, you know, was kind of not making decisions, but being that optimistic person to go to, if you will, within the the whole entire thing. And uh, I really do like Roman Reigns, and I hope the most for Joe in his battle that he'll have. And uh, I can't wait to see in a year or two his return to the ring. More likely to. I mean, a hell of a battle ahead of him, but... I'm being extremely optimistic. I know he's going to have the best health, you know, related things for it. It just, it sucks, uh, you know, and he handled it like a man, and he was, I wish the WWE let him kind of act like that, like dialed up that for his gimmick. I think people would have liked him more, and I've always said that when I see him off of WWE product, but I'm rambling on. I just, this, this is something that, really is, is, is very emotional and people knew about the next day. My brother who's not a wrestling fan saw something on ESPN and them talking about it. And he knew Roman because he's, he's a uh, guest star for, for NFL or uh, I think it's NCAA game day before in the past. And I uh, knew about him. It just the outpour of people, even Kenny Omega, ring of honors promotion itself, new Japan, everyone. Thank you. Ro- hashtag. Thank you, Roman. And, Thank you, Roman, for everything. I know that you have one hell of a battle. And we'll talk about more of the stuff of, you know, I mean, this is the biggest deal. After I let Jeffrey go, you know, we'll talk about what's WWE going to do next uh, because of this, because we do have to talk about that. It's wrestling. But his battle is the most important thing within this. And him coming back to the ring will be the greatest wrestling story, I think. And there is no way that he will get booed unless – he decides to be babyface for a little while and then, like, uses kind of in an angle and goes full heel. It would just – I think that when he comes back, though, 
it will be bigger than Triple H coming back after his torn quad. It really will. It will be or bigger than Daniel Bryan coming back not too long ago. But, Jeffrey, I, I, I digress. I talked about How did you feel when you were watching this live? How did I feel about watching live? I actually, unfortunately, I have a different perspective. I don't know if you saw it live. Did you see it live before I go in? Well, I will admit this. Okay, so what happened was I was racing home to start Raw, even though, you know, I didn't know what the hell was going to happen at the beginning of it. Um, right. I, I, I quickly got home. A couple minutes started into it, and I was freaking out, like, what what's going on? And then it kind of, right. like, trailed off to him hugging the Shield brothers, and I had no idea what was going on. And then finally, Jawan, um, one of the Geek Vibes creators, um, uh-huh. he, he actually – messaged me and he was like I can't believe this and I was like what the hell happened I missed it and he's like he's got leukemia and I was like wow and it just gut punch mm. and and something like that similar happened to me so I'm glad we're on the same page so basically I usually live tweet raw for my brand and I start at the top of the show and I never make it to the end like I either fall asleep or I'm disinterested like I'm usually done close to 10 p.m. if not before um, three hours is a lot of time for me to sit in one spot and watch things, and especially if it's not that good to me. So I usually get to an hour and a half of Raw. So by 9.30, no later than 10, I'm done. I'm checked out. I'm reading it. I'm looking at gifts the next day. So I try something different. My um, I used to call them this. I'm still touching my fans. My fans are kind of like you never make it to the end. So this is the first week where I skip the first hour thinking that if I start at 9, I will make it to the end, like, if I just start at 9. So I get on Twitter to do my live tweeting, to interact with everyone. This is our time together. And all of a sudden, I'm bum-rushed <laughs> with the Roman Reigns. I was kind of like, what? <laughs> I was kind of like, Roman Reigns relinquished his title. Like, they're showing pictures and everything. Then I was kind of, I picked a fine hour to miss the first hour of Raw. I was kind of like, this has happened. So I immediately was, like, upset selfishly because I missed all those clicks and those retweets that I could have made. Like I was an hour behind, like all the good stuff has already been made as a marketing person. But then the emotions start to come in. Like, bro, we're really about to have a new universal champion. Like that's crazy. Like that, that is, that's crazy. And then I actually see, so this is my mentality of not knowing that it was because of leukemia. I was kind of, Oh, we're about to have a new universal champion. This man is injured. Then I found out that it was because of leukemia and, Similar to you, having people in my family that went through cancer and that have survived and that there's so many people that haven't survived that I've known, it was emotional. And it really got me emotional. Um, I didn't necessarily shed a tear, but I was definitely um, watery eyes. I was definitely my feelings. But one of my tweets that popped off that I'm going to share on this radio station was I was watching it with a police officer because, believe it or not, this may sound strange to a lot of you guys, but I watched wrestling outside sometimes is peaceful so one of the times i watched it people are always approaching me um when i'm watching it outside on my laptop like oh you're watching wrestling you watch that there's always that's another conversation of how people approach professional wrestling in 2018 but one of the officers that saw that i was watching wrestling he was kind of like what's going on i was kind of like this man has to go away because he has cancer and i was kind of this is going to be on sports center on espn tomorrow and he literally laughed at me, and it showed me of how people still look at and treat professional wrestling. These athletes like Roman Reigns are putting their bodies on the line 
and it's still being looked at as a joke and as it's fake and that it's not serious and that it can't be sports center worthy like the NBA basketball to where LeBron James, Chris Paul, and all of them are getting into a brawl in, in Los Angeles. So I was disappointed with that. And that was one of the things I was telling this is national broadcast news officer. I'm kind of like, I know that you don't think that professional wrestling is real and that you have like your soap opera thoughts of it, of not like it's a kid show, but I was kind of like, this is a big deal. So that resonated with me when you said that someone saw it on ESPN. I think that Another thing that I want to hit on, there's two things that I want to hit on before letting you get back to the topic of what you said. Um, you said something about letting that Roman Reigns character be how he was in that ring. I think that a lot of times people don't want that humility in show business and in characters, and I feel like that's the reason why Roman Reigns is so loved. I think that there's a lot of people that think Roman Reigns is disliked, but I think that we both know without going sad is that he's so loved and I think it's because of that character that he portraying now people love to like it gives them confidence it is just something that you're either going to to be jealous of unfortunately I hate to say it because a lot of people kind of I'm not jealous I don't feel some type of way but it's something that people are upset that they can't necessarily embody and it's some people that be inspired by it and of course there's another sub genre of that but I'm like really excited for Roman Reigns' return because I do think it's going to be huge like Triple H. I do think it's going to be something massive. Like, I think that it's going to be... I do not want to miss that episode when Roman Reigns... Because I feel like it should be announced. I know I'm thinking of, like, future booking, but it should definitely be announced. Like, please announce it. Like, don't let me miss this. Don't do anything surprising. Like, announce it for me. And most importantly, the last thing I want to close with is the the main event scene. And we're going to talk about Crown Jewel later, but I am excited for these athletes that are going to get the opportunity to to take the ball. I think that it happened when Stone Cold was out for a while, back when um, in 99. It happened, in a sense, with Hulk Hogan leaving the company in 93. I think that whenever or these big time stars mm-hmm. – what was that? I was saying I was I'm sorry I didn't mean to interrupt you or like Stone Cold filled the void for when Brett left because of obvious reasons and Sean had to step down because of injury so same thing Hulk Hogan it, it happens a lot unfortunate but it opens I'm up so the doors for a lot that, of that was perfect that was perfect I'm so glad you mentioned that one uh, and that's exactly what I'm saying is that. It's similar to my, similar to sometimes people real jobs that I've experienced. Sometimes I'm not able to get to the district manager position, unfortunately, until that person that's been in that position for thirty plus years gets. And now they be like, "Oh, Jeffrey, you said that you're qualified. You've been under him for X amount of years. What can you do?" And I feel like that is what's about to happen on Monday Night Raw, like how Vince McMahon said back in 2002, ruthless aggression. I hope that we see some ruthless aggression. I hope that we see a lot of people that's ready to take that ball and run with it. So that's what I'm excited for. Absolutely. And we'll go into that, but I definitely wanted to say something. I kind of say this a lot of times. This is my comparison for, you know, what you were talking about the officer and Tim, the perception of wrestling. And it's fine if you're not, if if, if you're not into it, you know, well, everyone listening is probably wrestling. I'm going to assume, unless you're just like a, mental masochist or something, but, um, 
you know, with wrestling, and, and this is what I say to people that just don't get it, uh, why you watch it. You know, a lot of people, I think, choose the wrong direction. They'll say, well, it's a form of entertainment. You know, it's acting. It's, it's a television show. And I, and I agree. But then they'll say stuff like, well, if you can dumb yourself down for, for a television show that you watch, why can't you for this? And I love the approach that Vince has done over the years of making it sports entertainment. I also love New Japan and uh, old NWA and just a lot of the stuff outside of that because they treat it more like a sport. And what I say to people is that with professional wrestling, if UFC – all right, all right. So we have this comparison. All right, if you look at something like skateboarding or if you look at something like uh, motocross, you know, with, with those type of bikes and that type of situation, or I'm trying to think of something similar to that, basically you have two different styles competitions with those things, athletic competitions, uh, you have a race, and then you have something where, you know, snowboarding does this too, where they display a bunch of different tricks and get points based off of that. Okay, UFC, boxing, those are a race. This is more of an athletic demonstration, and the best guy is not about who wins the match, it's who has the best match that night. And the best person to lead the company and get the belt, the reason why they get that is because not only they're a good performer, but they make the company a shit ton of money. So I hate people that have that perception, but I also, a lot of times, not you, obviously, yeah. uh, I hate people's uh, rationality to explain wrestling, but kind of like, in a way, kind of dumb it down itself to be able to make it look better to a person. You know what I'm saying? There's actually a bigger topic, and I know this is going to be a later subject that we can maybe write down in the future because it, it's going to need some time. But there's actually been this this conversation of um, when you said rationality, it's kind of like the Jim Cornette and about how finishers and dancing and Joey Ryan's. There's been a large discussion of that in um, in the wrestling community of what you like. Wrestling is for everyone. That's a hashtag right now. Wrestling is for everyone, so it doesn't have to be just one thing so it's definitely a conversation of even within the community it's kind of like why are you rationalizing it so much you know intergender matches etc i can go on but that's a larger conversation mm-hmm. yeah and i heard corny was up to his uh normal i i love jim Cornette as an old school <laughs> but some of the stuff has, it's just like I all do. right guys you know it's it's not the 80s anymore i'm sorry i'm glad that you guys cause riots and very small outlets and shit, but give me a break. Hey, and, and don't get me wrong. When you compare a product like specifically Monday Night Raw, Vince's baby, and we'll talk more about the comparison to SmackDown because of what Fox apparently wants creatively for it, um, to New Japan, they're two different fucking forms of wrestling. And it's great to have every form of wrestling out there. I'm not a big fan of comedic style wrestling. That's fine. I like extreme wrestling. I know a lot of people don't like that type of shit. There's wrestling for everyone, but yeah. at the same time, it's not the fucking 80s and the 70s and shit where people thought it was legit, you know, have fun with it. I agree. I agree. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll go into the second half of this, and like we were talking about, Jeffrey, is now that the ball's in several people's court, let's take SmackDown out of the equation because we have to talk about the future with that and – you know, with the whole Fox deal that will be happening next year after Mania. Um, But specifically on Raw, I am thinking, and I think that a lot of people 
probably see this happening. You can go two ways with what happens at Crown Jewel, wherever it may be. <laughs> um, you could have Brock Lesnar win it. He's kind of – I've always said he's like the anti-Bruno San Martino because he comes back because Vince thinks he's a huge draw. And I mean, it's true. He's also physically imposing, but Bruno is also extremely nice and lovely and Brock's Brock. <laughs> um, I love Brock Lesnar, though, but I would never want to have a conversation okay. with him. we're on the same page then. <laughs> no, I love Brock. I think that he's gotten lazier, but that's because he can, and I don't fucking blame him at all. And he's not lazy when he gets in the octagon at his age. And I think he's an incredible wrestler. But that's why I said he's, he's Bruno Sammartino was in the 70s with Vince Sr. He is with Vince primarily now. But he's, it's kind of hard. I mean, it's, it's, you like Brock because he's a badass. You don't like Brock because he's a lovable character like a Mick Foley or a Ricky Steamboat. You know, he definitely doesn't have that cute – or not cute, but you, you understand what I'm saying. Either way. Um, yeah. We're going to have a lot of openings. Brock could, keep, Brock could take the belt do what he does, make it more attraction-based until they find something to do, and then possibly bring that to fight. It's, you know, I think Vince would, I don't know about Dana White, Vince would like the idea of, of Brock having that title and going to the ring with it. Um, and I'm sure Paul Heyman thinks that's neat. I don't know how Brock feels about that. I doubt Dana would like that. But there is that aspect, that legitimacy that that could have, the attraction concept with Brock Lesnar. I say put it on Braun Strowman. You kind of dumbed him down for some for no fucking reason, especially the heel turn out of nowhere. And then, of course, you have to go back on that. Um, you definitely kind of – he was on fire, very similar to Seth Rollins. Uh, so it's not extinguished, but if you put the belt on him, make him do some of those segments that were like Andre meets Stone Cold in the back, destroying shit, um, I think it would still get a very positive reception with the audience. And you can build him back. Get these hands is a very, very cool thing. He's physically imposing, and he's actually a good wrestler and good on the mic. So you get that. Put him in a program with Drew McIntyre, obviously. Drew McIntyre is also someone that could be a potential future champion, more so for a heel, though. Then there's Seth Rollins. Then there's Dean Ambrose. Finn Balor. You know, there's a lot of guys that are in here that really – can jump up now. I think they turned Elias as a baby face for a reason on Raw. Mm-hmm. There's all these people yes. that are something within it. That And then you have to think about NXT and who's going to be coming up. Is Aleister Black going to make it on Raw? You know, if that happens, you can have him as a major player, but then he probably has to step down a little bit, go for the IC title. But you get what I'm saying. Um, yes. There are potential. Velveteen Dream is someone that when I when he fucking comes to, I think, Raw. I think Raw's going to be the place they put him. I, I always said that he has a chance to be the Rock of this generation. I know the Rock was very masculine, and he's very androgynous, but he has that presence and the charisma. And he's not the greatest wrestler, but he's pretty goddamn athletic for 23. A lot of time to improve. Really good for his age. So there is so much potential right now. I say go with Braun and see what you can do with him. But don't forget about Seth. Don't forget about Finn. Don't forget about Elias, Dean, uh, Drew McIntyre, and the potential of someone like a Velveteen Dream or an Aleister Black. You know, Jeffrey, wh- what do you think about all this? Who do you think has the uh, potential to not be possibly the face of the company or the face of Raw, but 
someone to, to grab that brass ring. Grab the brass ring. That was a horrible When something event. like this happens, unfortunately, this is the perfect time to put somebody in an abstract position. I feel like Dean and Seth are going to be occupied. They don't need a title right now. I sound like an ESPN analyst right now. But seriously, this is how I really feel. I feel like Dean and Seth are are doing something that is different from the typical, well, I know I haven't experienced it since. Uh, it's not being done like MVP and Matt Hardy, in my opinion, when they were tag team champions. This is like some real-life animosity in a sense of Seth Rollins isn't going to be – I don't think he's going to want to be holding that tag rope for Dean. <laughs> Unlike MVP and Matt Hardy, still holding the tag ropes and then doing the the big, big climax. But they're occupied, so those will be next up, but they're occupied. Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre, they're going to have something going on. And honestly, I'm just going to get right to it. I was going to go down the list with Elias and Lashley and NXT call-ups, but I feel like these two are, along with Braun Strowman, Along with Brock Lesnar for legitimately, like, Drew McIntyre, this is his time. And I don't know how people feel about rushing it, but somebody like Drew McIntyre or Elias or even Dolph Ziggler, I know these are a lot of names, but I, I personally don't want to say Braun Strowman. I'm leaning, toward, uh, leaning against Braun Strowman the farthest. I actually don't want Braun to be the champion. But any of those three men, Drew McIntyre, the first one, solely because I feel like it's really something that we would, wouldn't would have gotten if Roman Reigns was still here. And I feel like this is the perfect time to be like, why not? And I feel like there was eventually going to be a Drew Drop program anyway, in my opinion. I don't know if anybody else saw it coming, if it was that obvious, but why not now? Like, let's do it. Like, pull the trigger. Let's have some fun to close out the year before WrestleMania. Yeah, no, I, I can agree with that. Drew McIntyre, he just seems to me, and I mean, here's the thing. no one, Not a lot of people realize this to just watch the main product. Drew McIntyre was a great babyface in NXT and also an impact before. Well, I yes. think he was a, in NXT. He He's was a nice great babyface. He's so nice. He's so nice. <laughs> so, He's so nice. So he, can, he can have all the qualities <laughs> to be a babyface person. I just think personally – and I do like Braun Strowman. I think that at one time when he had, when he was on fire, if they would have given the damn title and let Roman and him kind of maybe spit it back off and stuff like that, and both of them, he could he he reminds me of of Hulk Hogan and Stone Cold and one fucking you know big old dude. He's got he's definitely not the wrestler's wrestler, but neither is Elias and Drew. Also, I think is a good wrestler, but I think that his strength is more his presence, his charisma. Um, so that can still be gone around, especially the Monday Night Raw Vince McMahon product. But yeah, Drew is someone that looks like a fucking champion. I've been saying that for a very, very long time. Um, and uh, he's a little more legitimate than some of the other choices. Elias is someone that I think the audience connects with at almost like yeah. a rock level. He does the rock star thing, you know, in the ring. with the, There is a similarity to that, but they try going the Jeff Jarrett route. It worked. He can get heat. So he can go back to being a heel if he wants to. But everyone wanted to walk with Elias when he was a fucking heel. So there, there's that. Yes. I would love Finn Balor to go full demon all the time. He's said that he wants to do it. Vince wants to do an attraction. It's fucking annoying. I think stopping with the smiles for him and Bobby Lashley would help them out immensely and be taken seriously. And, or not Bobby Lashley. Well, Bobby Lashley did. Bobby Roode 
And I, to get back to that, Bobby Lashley, with this Leo Rush as a heel, he's another person as a contender. He's definitely someone that's going to oh, yeah. be in mind. Never forget Impact Wrestling. Never forget Impact Wrestling. No, <laughs> he had him on their back, on in my opinion. <laughs> EC3 might not be the best guy in the ring, but once he gets through NXT, he's going to be a raw guy, and he's a body dude. He's excellent on the mic. He's going to also do pretty goddamn well. Uh, within there. The fear with the NXT, I think, for anyone is please don't do what you did to Bobby Roode with them um, or Tyler Breeze or a lot of these guys that were awesome there and kind of, you know, but that's a, that's another conversation for another day. We should probably... Yeah, that is a conversation because I could talk about that for a minute. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And when we don't need to rant about it, we got more parts of this. Uh, obviously, you alluded to it earlier. I'm actually Ambrose... pro-NXT call-ups, just so you know. I'm actually pro-NXT call-ups. I don't have a problem with NXT call-ups at all. I'm not. I'm actually pro. I'm not anti, <laughs> and I think I think it's up to the performer to try to show forth everything, and I've heard I agree. people like Cold and a lot of other people saying, you need to go talk to Vince, and you need to make this an issue, and you need to do this. But the fact that Vince doesn't watch NXT, and Triple H has even admitted that, it's just kind of frustrating when you see certain people like Oscar, yeah. like even Shinsuke to an extent, and especially like Bobby Roode. But then again, some of the biggest names have come through there. I mean, so Kevin Owens treated pretty well. I know people bitch about it, and I think he's about to come back when he comes back as a huge Kevin Steen, more era, Stone Cold-ish-esque guy than this goofy one. And Finn was the first Universal Champion. So I kind of always say that to people that are like, yeah, they're going to ruin him. I love NXT. I don't have a problem with right. certain wrestlers. Yeah, I agree. Doing anything with Jeffrey going back down, you know? I, I wish mm-hmm. that they would let them. Uh, certain talents that seem like a, like a, a Ty Dillinger, for instance, or, or anyone like that, you know. But I feel, whatever they do. I feel like that would be I'm a not, I'm, I'm not completely against it is what I'm saying. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But we definitely got to dot some of these topics down for future shows. I'm ready. (laughs) I'm ready. Absolutely. All right. Well, uh, yeah, like I was saying, so you alluded to this earlier. Dean Ambrose at the end of Raw, him and Seth Rollins beat – who the fuck did they put Oh, yeah, Drew McIntyre and Dolph Ziggler. Uh, When Braun Strowman comes out, his music hits, he takes Drew McIntyre out of the match after a ref bump. And uh, you have – them winning the titles, embracing each other. They were going to win the moment, and they did. And then Dean Ambrose just started beating the living shit of Seth. Um, so what happened to the tag titles? I think this is just a way to take it off of them. They had to take it off of Drew because he's going to be in the program with Braun for the title. This is what I'm thinking, booking-wise. And then again, WWE never books this far in advance, but I'll pretend they did because of the situation itself. Drew's got to get that title off him. Dolph can do what the fuck ever. You know, they'll figure something else for him to do. Um, and you put Drew with, with Braun. Put two of those guys in a feud together. I think title can be on the line because it's there on Seth. Tag titles get relinquished. They have a tournament and give it to an actual tag team. I've been saying I, I would love American Alpha to get back together. Um Revival, just throw it on them and see what the fuck happens. You know, you actually have tag teams on Raw. You don't have to put up two guys together. Yada, yada, yada. That whole entire spiel. Um, but I know Vince doesn't like tag teams. But I'm just saying they have an opportunity to do something with them. Or keep it on the guys and have it as a, is Dean going to fucking, is he going to go crazy? 
you know, like rock stars that hate each other in a band when they went on stage and sometimes they played great and sometimes they had a fist fight, you know, it just happened. Uh, that animosity can definitely be there and they can use that for storyline, but inevitably two of them, tag titles got to go at some point. Um, I will say it was out of nowhere. And the biggest complaint I've seen across social media is that it was a bad timing um, due to the situation. My personal opinion on it, and I understand if you thought it was bad timing because of the Roman announcement, I think it was actually a smart thing to do in the sense that I don't think that Roman didn't have anything to do with the creative of that decision. I think that this was going to happen apparently more close to Survivor Series. Shield was done. They didn't have Shield as an outlet anymore. It was just the two of them. Yeah, they could have stretched it out, but if they get to this, it's something to kind of put something within their show, a storyline that they need, basically, now that Roman's gone. They need their, they need some of this type of stuff. And um, most wrestlers, it doesn't matter. There's been, of course, the Chris Benoit situation, the Owen Hart situation. But most stuff, the show goes on, and if you got to a fucking storyline, go for it, you know, whatever. And um, I think they did that. I hope they don't harpen too much. Next week, they got to bring that up with Dean Ambrose's speech. There's got to be a reason why he, he lost it finally, and I'm sure they're going to bring up Roman with that. I think it was more tasteless, and I understand that they didn't have a lot of time to just change things. The video package that they have with Undertaker and Kane literally burying people with tombstones, kind of maybe they could have just push that down a week. I think Sean would have understood if he had to fly in about that. I don't know. Maybe they have other plans and they got to get the shit going on. That to me seemed a little bit like, duh, like, what are you doing? That last part, like I said, it's pro wrestling. Unfortunately, it's going to happen. And um, I understand that people are being sensitive about the same time. Maybe you're being a little bit too sensitive. I hate to be like that, but I don't know. Jeffrey, I don't even know how you feel about it, but how did you feel about the heel turn itself? Where is it going to go from there? And the fan reaction on social media about it afterwards. Uh, I loved it. <laughs> I did. I want to get that out the way right now. I saw the backlash, and I was actually a little shocked because usually wrestling Twitter, um, I'm usually on wrestling Twitter heavy. Um, that's where I usually do. I, I understand there's a wrestling Instagram and wrestling Facebook and a few other things, but wrestling Twitter is my home. On wrestling Twitter, the community that I'm in specifically, they are savage. Like, they want everyone to turn heel. They don't care about anything. Like, so I was very shocked, for one, how empathetic they were in Roman Roman Reigns' announcement with cancer. I thought they were still going to be like, oh, well, they still kind of said some things like, I don't like the character, but I like you, which was kind of like, come on, did you have to say that? But I guess it's true. But I was shocked at how they didn't enjoy the heel turns. Like, they were legit. Like, Dean, why? Like, why this night? Why are we doing this? I saw, like, some personal videos. I don't know if you saw personal videos of people when Dean was going um, through the backstage and back to the locker room, and people were, like, legit upset. And I was like, this is great. I was kind of like, I wonder if WWE could get this, obtain this footage, because this is, would be great in a promo package. Like, people are legit standing around with their camera phones saying, why, Dean? Like, why? And, and that is, if I'm booking, if I'm in the creative room, that is what I would be pitching to the group of people, like, why we should do it. Because I know there's going to be some people that's like, no, like, this is not the right time. We shouldn't do this. Like, let's do this. But I would be pushing towards that reaction because it is impossible 
to work people. Like, it is impossible. So anytime you get the opportunity, me personally even having to say terminology, which I strongly dislike using words like heal, work, and everything, I legit do, but it's necessary at, at my point in my life in watching wrestling. But the fact that they're able to do that, I love it. And there's just so many endless possibilities with this rivalry that's upcoming because I've never seen, like I said before, I've never seen two men. You can correct me if I'm wrong. Like, I saw Dude Love and Steve Austin. I've seen certain times. Like, don't get me wrong, but this is just feels different to me. I can't explain it completely because we have had miscommunication within tag team champions, but this is just, I don't know what's going to happen between the two, and they don't need heavyweight title runs. This is something deeper than that. The story is already has written itself. It's not about being the champion right now. Like, we're champions right now. This is, like, and, and I kind of even forgot that Seth is even an Intercontinental champion. So if this rivalry do start, this is a mid-card feud that's main event level. Like, I love it. Like, I love the heel turn. I love the endless possibilities of this. I'm just so excited. Like, I'm just going to be tuned in every week wondering what they do next with this because you best believe that Seth Rollins is going to fire back. Best believe it. Absolutely. I think that the IC title will actually not even be that much into it because I think that probably Dean will cause set the title at some point because I think this okay. is going to be a few that can potentially build to mania, just the two of them. Um, I think Dean, I mean, this is, this is the thing. And like you said, I mean, if you look at it, obviously these two guys don't have the animosity that I'm about to compare them to. They're, they're, they're mm-hmm. good friends, but because of the emotional level of what happened, they turned a, a negative, a huge negative, and somewhat of a positive because, I mean, look at Bret Hart and Sean and how competitive yes. and, and, and close to the vest that was. Look at Matt Hardy and Edge, how close to the vest that was. Savage and Hogan, who in real life were having certain issues that would get worse as the years went. I mean, sometimes when you can play us a little bit, it just adds so much more. And then look at two of the biggest heels in the industry that are not WWE, I would say, are Sammy Callahan and Jay White. The reason why they're such big heels is because of real-life situations. When Jay White knocked the guardrail at the American New Japan show and it knocked over JR and he legitimately broke two ribs, the way he handled it, even though Josh Barnett was about to beat the shit out of him, afterwards, of course, apologizing and everything, but since he did it like that, he turned a negative into a positive. He's one of the biggest heels because of it on his side of things. And you look at Sammy Callahan. Accidentally nails Eddie Edwards in the face with a baseball bat. Ooh, Everyone said yeah. he's unsafe. He goes on a tirade about it and adds to his character. He uses it and becomes one of the biggest heels in the industry right now. And everyone loves Pentagon. Pentagon nailed him in the face in their hardcore match with a baseball bat, and no one even talks about it. Uh, you know, obviously it wasn't as bad, but – that's heat. That's real heat. And I am someone that uses a lot of wrestling terms. I even use them in real life sometimes on accident. People are like, what the fuck are you talking about? Don't worry about it. I'll, I say something's a gimmick or some shit. But, yeah, yeah. that's, that is, um, that's I think, going to be a, a somewhat of a positive thing. And I think they're going to – dude, Seth Rollins is the second biggest baby face on Raw. I, or I would say him and Braun Strowman, well, at least four months ago, uh, they were the two guys that was, you know, the strongest reaction with the fans and stuff like that. So it's going to be really interesting. I'm interested. If, do you have any uh, closing statements 
on all that before we move on to uh, uh, Crown Jewel, actually. Crown Jewel. I feel like Crown Jewel is going to tie in. Let's get into it. I feel like it's going to tie in somehow. <laughs> all right. So I'll go over everything. Um, I want to just state that some of this is rumors. Um, okay. Some of the basically Crown Jewel, we, we know about all the issues with it. Uh, there was an American reporter that was found in different bags. He was murdered. And the Prince of Saudi Arabia, the same guy, you know, in charge and putting this all together with Crown Jewel, the guy that I believe gave Vince $1.6 billion throughout a, a period of time, you know, where they come and do at least two show, shows a year at their, um, at, their, at their palace in Saudi Arabia. A uh, lot of money. A lot of money. And because of everything, Vince, they're, they're getting a lot of, they're getting a lot of um, negative reaction, to say the least, because of this. Understandable. Uh, and beforehand, it was, unless the president tells me, you know, who's one of Vince's friends and the fucking business guy that's kind of, I'm not going to say ruthless, but, you know, um, has very similar ambitions. So he's not going to fucking stop him. He's not stopping interactions with Saudi Arabia on a, on a trading level. So the president's not going to stop anything, obviously. Uh, and Vince um, is going to go through with it, or so we think. Um, there have been reports within the last couple of days that have not been 100% confirmed, but apparently John Cena wants out and um, potentially could be out of it. They're still, they're still uh, promoting it with him in it. Um, actually, I don't know if they mentioned him at all, but he was the one that's apparently out. Daniel Bryan is also someone that's not wanting to do it. Um, and now, from websites, and I hate reporting stuff. That's why I'm going to say this is a huge rumor. Cover, you know, take it with a everyone out there in Geek Vice Nation. Um, but that they're actually going to be changing it. And Crown Jewel, either the two rumors I'm hearing is that they're either going to do it in New York or they're going to do it in England because they have some uh, tape show uh, program, or they have some live shows to do over there. Crown Jewel, you know, you're doing the uh, whatever the best in the world tournament, CM Punk thing, whatever the hell that thing is. Um, which, the best in the world, but it's a bunch of white dudes and shit. Okay, gotcha. At least you got ready to <laughs> God damn it. Um, anyways, uh, that's a Vince McMahonism. So England would make a lot of sense. Location-wise, uh, some of the stuff, you know, within the whole entire thing, um, bringing it back here would also make a lot of sense. There are lots of negative things that if the WWE doesn't do this, I'm not worried about safety issues, but this is, you know, it's not good to cut ties with the Prince Saudi Arabia after you make a business deal. And obviously this would affect future shows that they do there. Do I think the WWE was going over there and trying to do due diligence to uh, eventually get women talent to be able to wrestle on there? No. Uh, I think that was a beautiful marketing ploy, and I love their, uh, their video that they had beforehand that was just basically propaganda, if you ask me. They did get women to uh, wrestle for the first time in Dubai, I believe, um, which is pretty awesome. And I think that, if anything, that would be more of something that Stephanie and, and Triple H would be trying to get done uh, more so than Vince. So, I, you know, I love Vince to an extent. He's kind of like my Walt Disney when it comes to my childhood, but he's a very, very direct businessman. So I know the way he thinks, unfortunately, about the whole entire thing. I hope it does end up getting moved. I feel a hell of a lot better while watching one of my favorite wrestlers. Actually, no, my favorite professional wrestler of all time make his comeback at this. 
I would wa- rather feel better about watching Daniel Bryan versus AJ Styles and all the other matches. And they can throw a women's match in there or two, put something in together that would make sense. And I think that would be great. Um, but it's, it's they're going to have to buy their way out of this, lose the money they were going to make, rent out a new place to do it altogether, wherever they do it, New York, England, and then lose all the money in the future and also piss off the Prince of Saudi Arabia if they don't do it. So they're in a bad position. Probably shouldn't have got themselves in that position in the first place, but money is money. What are you going to do? How do you feel, Jeffrey, about all this? I, I'm i going to tell in with you. Uh, um, I really – I don't want to say I don't care, but business is business, period. That's that's the end of it. When you sign those contracts, when you make those agreements, that's the end of it. I'm dealing with it now as an upcoming entrepreneur. Like It is so important about keeping your word and when things are in print, when things are documented, when agreements are made. Now, that's not to say similar to a John Cena that wants to back off, but just be prepared for the repercussions that come with it. I think that WWE as a whole repercussions is larger than someone singular like John Cena. So that is one of the takes that I want to say is that WWE, I think it's pretty obvious that they are going to go through with it. It's going to be a learning lesson. This is the first time that the industry has been put in um, hot fire. Never forget the steroid issue. Of course, I wasn't there in real time, but I've done enough research with it to know that it it wasn't pretty (laughs) and that there was a lot of backlash from it, similar to how it's always in the reports and news now. So, and that's just one example of many that could go on. Owen Hart, we, we mentioned him earlier about how you felt the show after or the rest of the show. Uh, it's just a lot of controversial moments, and this is just going to go down in history with them. It, I was believing the rumors at first. I can't even lie. I saw that there was a possibility of it being canceled, but after watching SmackDown Live, there's no way this show was going anywhere. Like, this show was happening. They're putting too much effort towards it. Like, when you're about to defunct something, you're going to, in my opinion, you're going to gradually stop running the program. Someone said how they don't promote WWE Evolution, like the card and build-up. They would have started doing that for Crown Jewel. They just announced a freaking other match <laughs> this last Tuesday, last night. So I know that this event is 100% happening. And I can't say that I'm disappointed that it's happening. I'm I'm very empathetic of what's happening with the reporter, with the women, and the list can go on, but I'm excited about seeing Shawn Michaels. He's my favorite wrestler of all time. I don't know if you know that, Dane. I think that we talked about it briefly, but that's my guy. I'm ready to see him wrestle. And if it's going to happen at the most problematic pay-per-view of the year, then I'm with it. <laughs> and I understand that people don't want to watch it and they want to whatever, you know. I would say don't approach it. They're going to be watching. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. They're going to hate watch it. And if they want to do that, then that's them wasting their own time. But I can understand if certain wrestlers are not comfortable about going there. And I could see also PR-wise, if someone like Cena's PR person was like, look, you know these movies, you're building yourself as a movie star. You don't need to be going over to freaking Saudi Arabia. I could see that. I can understand that. But when it comes down to it, it's a huge deal, you know, money-wise for them. And I understand that they're a business, and they're trying to keep on growing. And now with this Fox deal, it's putting WWE in the future of being around for a very, very, very long time. And Vince is looking at long-term legacy after he passes away. 
I'm 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 but. really excited for this event for Shawn Michaels alone. <laughs> like with I try and I'm not trying to be because there's things that's happening in our own country and people are putting a lot of emphasis on what's happening in someone else's country, which I understand that's the American way in a sense sometimes, us caring about others. But if you don't have that same energy here, then I'm just going to as ignorant as it may sound to some of the viewers and listeners that I'm going to to take the positives out of this, and I'm so excited to see Shawn Michaels back in the ring. <laughs> so excited, so excited. Me Focus too, on that. I have a bold prediction later on involving him, but we'll get I to that. I don't. I, I don't know if this is in the. Um, excuse me for interrupting. I don't know if this is in the notes, but if he undertake a chronic knee, I just thought about that when think about the match because Shawn Michaels can go, Kane can go, in my opinion. Um, after seeing that tag team match he had. But the Undertaker these bad knees, like, like what's gonna what's gonna happen? I don't need for the Undertaker to make my boy look bad. Like Sean needs to be able to tango with somebody. Like, I need for the Undertaker to get the knees together. Have you been seeing about that? Like his involvement. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> and I, I know traveling won't help, right? <laughs> no, I, I love the Undertaker, but the passing of the torch should have been the Roman Reigns, and that should have been the end of it. And if not. That's fine, but the fact that he can wrestle only – he's limited. He's definitely limited, and that match with Triple H is kind of painful to watch in the sense of visually and also my body hurt while watching his body hurt. <laughs> Your body hurt. Your body hurt? <laughs> exactly. Your body hurt. I love, I love Undertaker, and I respect the man. I hope that, you know, this is his uh, farewell tour, and that's fine. If he does this, Maybe he has another match with Michaels at some other type of pay-per-view and then has maybe one at Mania, maybe to Cena or putting over a talent. I mean, this is a dream match. I don't think it would happen. But if you put Aleister Black and him together and let them have a pretty good match that's more of like a, you know, a brawling style match and Taker puts Aleister over and kind of passes the torch to him, I think that would do fucking wonders for him because he kind of has – Everyone said, Bray Wyatt's the new Undertaker. It's like, guys, chill the fuck out. You said the same thing about Dolph Ziggler with, with Shawn Michaels. Aleister Black's the closest in a natural way I've ever seen to someone kind of very similar to how I feel about Seth Rollins with Shawn Michaels. They're, they're the closest naturally to coming off very similar to those two wrestlers. And I understand they're icons. You're going to compare them. I'm someone that can, I love comparing wrestlers and finding out influence. It's kind of like music for me. I love finding out what made the other person become the wrestler they are and shit like that. So uh, kind of a long tangent outside what the fuck we were talking about, but that's okay. That's what the show's for. I will say that to end this before I let you make another last comment, if you want, buddy, um, that I find it funny that there, it was promoted that Hulk Hogan was going to make his return mat here and you ain't hearing about oh, really? it anymore. And, and I feel like Hulk Hogan's return, even Hogan was like, no, brother, I'm good. I don't need the bad PR. <laughs> oh man! Hogan, if Hogan turns that, down, that also means it's kind of a, a hazy situation. Is all I gotta say. Anything else, Jeff? I don't know if you. This is just me. Just all I. I get all the news on my wrestling Twitter. That's my home. Like, um, have you already talked about the NWO reunion with Hulk Hogan? That just made me think about that. How he's slowly creeping back in the business. <laughs> it's funny. Slowly, they look like three geriatrics. Like, I love Hulk Hogan. I love Scott Hall. You saw it. You saw it. Yeah. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's like Undertaker. 
all over again. It's like, all right, guys, I get it. They're going to be at a beach shop together, brother. I love Hulk Hogan. Well, I love Hulk Hogan as the first wrestler I got into when I was a kid. Um, I'll just say that. Terry Balea kind of got some problems with him, but, you know, shit happens. Um, anyways, let's press on yeah. with some more wrestling stuff. Uh, we got, of course, what happened on SmackDown last week at Thousands episode. Batista, um, you know, basically Evolution had their reunion, which made no sense because Evolution was more of a raw thing. Whatever. Batista and Randy Orton were big SmackDown guys. I get it. I can get over yeah. it. People bitch about it. They bitch about everything. Um, but Evolution came on, and all the guys basically had some talking. Randy, I thought, was one of the best because he still got heat and acted like a heel, but... He still had that old old school Randy Orton feel to him. It was great seeing Ric Flair. It was great seeing Triple H. And then Batista. And he kind of went off script. Apparently they had to cut the next match uh, with, um, with uh, whatchamacallit, Rusev and, uh, and Miz because he went on too long. But that's, that's fine. You know, it was first time him back. Batista's become a huge household name since Batista. So it's been <laughs> and Never forget. I think. I think that I really feel that he did a he did a great job, and he he said all these great things about all the other guys, made some jokes with Ric Flair. I want to know the inside joke of what the hell they were talking about, but you know that maybe we can maybe, maybe we can interview Ric Flair or one of them in the future and ask them. I I don't know. We'll try to get that going on Geek Vibes. Um, but yeah, either way, Batista at the end of it laid into Triple H and said, "You've done everything. You become the C." Uh, E.O., you know, you're doing this, you're one of the greatest wrestlers, done everything except beat me. Says so direct with such conviction. And then Triple H's facial expression, such a great actor, man, just slowly going from smile to what the fuck did he say? To, you know, pissed off, stare down, Rick Flair tries to do the, the his new dance that I forgot what rapper, what song that is. I love it though, it's always on WWE 2K19. But uh, did the little Ric Flair thing and like Triple H like all right, all right not not now, Nate. And then they hugged. Batista wants to come back. He's been saying this for a long time. He wants to come back. Yeah. One last program, Triple H, and retire. And I really feel this is setting up him and Triple H having a program that will lead to WrestleMania, where maybe Batista even takes like he said he wants to do a couple months off from filming something dedicated towards him being on the road one last time doing house shows and then him and triple H at mania, whoever wins wins. And uh, then he goes off in the sunset and I think that would be awesome. Some people are saying they don't need it. What the fuck ever. Come on. I mean, I love Batista. He's climbed in the ranks as one of the biggest wrestlers to come out of his era. Uh, you know, along with Cena and Randy Ford edge, you know, he's one of those guys from the odds that really stands out now. And uh, I think it would be fun. And I think that he has improved so much more on the mic now. He never was bad on the mic. But now since he's been an actor and he's gotten better at that, it's enhanced him in the ring. The tension he caused with him and Triple H was palpable. And it was awesome. And how did you feel about it, man? How did I feel about Batista basically claiming his return in a potential Triple H match, correct? Yeah. How did you feel about the promo itself, him drilling into uh, into I, trips? Yeah, I was very – but Batista was a SmackDown guy out of all of the Evolution members. He was the SmackDown guy. He had SmackDown on his back 
up until the injury happened, and even after that injury, he came back. Kind of, it's a different. I don't want to be disrespectful to anybody that's listening, but I don't want to say it's, it's like Roman Reigns. But in terms of that energy of where, bro, like we was really riding the Batista wave with the World Heavyweight Championship, and then it was just taken away from us. Like we could have easily saw, but in my opinion, Batista could have been champion for the next six months um, when he had to relinquish the title on his end. Um, due to an injury. So it was really good to hear from him. I really like the way that they gave him the opportunity. And this is something that I didn't get the chance to say on my show, but I tweeted about it and I want to elaborate on it. But we talked about how the Hall of Fame sometimes is disrespected, the format, and sometimes. I thought that Batista kind of gave a Hall of Fame vibe speech that could potentially be different and implemented in the future with that format. Like, I feel like the crowd was engaged. He had a microphone to amplify over them. And it's kind of like when you're in that setting, Triple H used to do 40-minute promos to an hour, to be honest, back in 2003, 2004, uh, hell, even 2005. But I, I can, in the game. <laughs> never forget. Never forget. And if you're anything like me, Dane, I would listen to that. <laughs> I would listen to him because I didn't want to miss potentially Scott Steiner coming out, Goldberg coming out, or whoever it was at the time. I didn't want to miss what could have potentially happened. So whatever Triple H was talking about in that voice, I was listening. But when you think about the Hall of Fame speeches, like if the crowd is like set up like how they were for like a wrestling show or even potentially include some matches, I don't know. But I just really just had a Hall of Fame vision for what Batista was doing. Like, what he was talking about, it really didn't feel like a promo. It felt like a culmination of his career. And then the big Triple H moment happened. And I swear, three years, four years ago, when people was booing about it, tweeting about it, we don't want it, Daniel Bryan's time, it is time four years later. And I probably wouldn't have appreciated this four years later, but Batista versus Triple H again, I would love to see it. I think that Batista's presence would be great back. He had a, a nasty ending run with him quitting and how it ended, unfortunately, in my opinion, just a, a bad taste in my mouth. So for him to be received with so much love and for me to be anticipating uh, a feud with Triple H and a match, I'm here for it. Like, I love things like that. But I swear, if you would have asked me this four years ago, I would have been like, no. <laughs> like, no. Like, what about... Brock Lesnar versus Batista, but I really don't even care to see a Batista versus Brock Lesnar in 2018, 2019. Like, give me Triple H versus Batista. And I think that's what's happening with this. Nobody really cares about the fantasy matches. Not that they don't care about it at all, but we're more so like, we appreciate what you all would give me. Like, if you guys give me a Rock versus Triple H, we'll take it. We don't care the Rock versus Adam Cole or, like, we want it, but we're, I think that people are more appreciative. Now, in my opinion, from interacting with people. So I'm excited for Batista. I really hope that this comes together and it's just not talk. Like, I really hope that it is. Really. And I think we will see it at WrestleMania. And I'm, I'm going to say that kind of, and I'll give the floor to you afterwards, but some matches okay. I see have Mania that I, I think the potential is all there uh, for them. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, that's one of them. Roman, or not Roman, sorry. Batista <laughs> and Triple H. I think it's going to be Shawn Michaels and AJ Styles. I really do. I think that we're going to get that dream match. I think that Shawn's thinking ahead to maybe one or two more after this, depending on how he feels in the ring uh, with the brothers, brothers of destruction. 
Um, right. I, th- I really feel that's a possibility. I think that there is also a huge possibility that a lot of people have been saying that's going to be Daniel Bryan against the Miz. Miz is the champion. You get that feel-good Daniel Bryan winning the championship from the Miz. AJ's out of the picture because he's having an amazing match with Shawn Michaels. And I feel another match, I feel like it's going to be John Cena and Undertaker again. I feel like John Cena's going to beat him this time. Uh, I feel Undertaker's probably going to be there. I'm I'm assuming it's his last match. I would like it to be yeah, other Everybody people. says that every year. I'm assuming it's his last match. <laughs> every year. Now, end of an era was what we all thought was then Brock Lesnar, and then Roman Reigns. Somehow he got to a fourth strike, but he hasn't been beaten three times for a third strike, if you will, on Mania. So maybe I love, I, like I said, I love Undertaker. He's one of my favorites of all time. I just, it's kind of like Nate in the uh, in the two thousands, starting to the point where it was like, God, <laughs> man, he's the same. It's just not the same. Um, but either way, I think the Sean. And- might be actually a match kind of like Sean and Ric Flair, but Sean's going to take the role of Rick, and AJ will be taking the role of Sean. And I think that could be a great match as well. So do you have any, um, do you have any matches that you can predict? Uh, I think Shayna Baszler and Ronda Rousey is another one I could see happening. Mm, mm. Any other matches for WrestleMania that I will predict? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm really not a fantasy card guy, to be honest. I can't say that. Uh, I'm really not, unfortunately. While I'm saying this, I'm trying to think of something. <laughs> I'm trying to use that as a ploy to give me some time to think, but that's just how much I don't uh, care for. But believe it or not, I was a huge fantasy booker when I was younger, but for some strange reason in adult life, like I've toned down for it. But I want to give at least one match since I've been put on the floor. I want to give the match. Uh, I would want to see. <laughs> this is difficult because uh, I really don't do this on a minute. Um, whew, this is hard. Okay, so I feel like, I, but I, w- I was about to say Sami Zayn since he'll probably be back around WrestleMania time. But there's nothing that I would really want to see Sami Zayn in that would be WrestleMania's uh, big time favor. Uh, I tried to think about the women's division. Nothing really stands out for that for me either. I know it's something with Seth Rollins. Honestly, I wouldn't mind seeing Seth Rollins versus Dean Ambrose at WrestleMania. And the only reason why I say that is that I feel like matches like Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose sometimes happen everywhere but WrestleMania. And I feel like it's so crucial sometimes for matches like that to happen at WrestleMania. Like, I never got to see The Rock versus Triple H one-on-one at WrestleMania, and it grinds my gears. Every time I go through another WrestleMania and be like, why have we, like, we, they've had epic matches. When I say epic, epic matches on different platforms, but never at WrestleMania one-on-one. And I feel like Seth and Dean needs that for their career. Not necessarily that their career won't be it, but I need it. Like, just give it to them. Like, just like they gave Randy Orton versus Triple H for their long-standing rivalry, you know? If that makes sense, like it's just something that needs to happen for me. Like just, just let it happen <laughs> on the big stage. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So, it, it, I think they have potential to have a lot of cool matches. Uh, they'll probably book some of them like crap. Um, but you know, that's the <laughs> WWE. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, let's go to something that sounds extremely intriguing. Uh, 
last WWE uh, news items. Uh, Fox, okay. apparently, uh, they're the ones who are doing the uh, SmackDown programming. Uh, Dave Metzler uh, reported this, I believe, with Brian Alvarez, or the angriest uh, man on the universe who's fucking listening to wrestling and watching it. Sorry, Brian. Um, yeah, <laughs> but they're, they're, they're reporting that um, Fox basically wants SmackDown to kind of be treated like NXT the New Japan, where it's more sports-oriented um, and less funny stuff is what, they, what the reference keeps on happening. Um, so we could potentially – I know that Vince is going to have some oversight. He always will. Uh, but his, his baby is raw. Uh, so far on SmackDown, I know Triple H is pretty much in control of it a majority of the time. And Vince doesn't come to a lot of SmackDown uh, tapings anymore. Um, and Road his right-hand man. I'm sure Sean has some type of... I think that Rodolf and Sean are like his Pat Patterson and uh, Gerald Briscoe, basically. Creative, working with the talent that he's built those two guys as. And then Triple H kind of has a hand on SmackDown. They want it more sports-driven. He did that, basically, with NXT. Um, I think this has a lot of potential to be cool. It can differentiate itself from Raw, but Vince takes some of the body guys and personalities and do his thing with that and more of the athletic performers, which SmackDown usually tends to lean to, especially if they end up getting people from the elite, if you Kenny Omega, and kind of treat it more in a different way. Well, apparently the rumor is that Daniel Cormier and um, Maura Nallo are the, who they're looking at to be the commentating team on SmackDown. Um, uh, Corey Graves obviously could be another uh, possibility. I, I don't know really what happens with Todd Phillips or Percy Watts, or not Percy Watson, but... Um, God dang it, I can't think of his name right now. Not David Otunga. I'm, I'm looking over every freaking commentator besides the one that Corey makes fun of on SmackDown so much. It'll come uh, to me. Byron? Oh, not Byron. Byron Saxon. Thank you. Damn it. I don't know what happened oh, yeah, to Byron Saxon. Oh, sorry. He's naming out black guys, so let me just go down the list. Byron Saxon. <laughs> <laughs> Bad track record. I just realized that WWE you know, takes one black commentator and then throws another one in there. Wow. Yeah. They do. (laughs) They do. Um, But no, but uh, you know, between DC who I love Daniel Cormier, uh, heavyweight and light heavyweight UFC champion. um, Apparently his, he even said that recently his match with Derek Lewis, uh, you know, the random date for that pushed back a tryout that he was going to have at the performance center to, I'm assuming get with more, and kind of, you know, practice him into the whole entire thing, if that's true, the SmackDown deal. I love the potential of this. I love the idea of Triple H, you know, and I'm sure, like I said, Vince is always going to have oversight, but triple, especially with this being on Fox now, of them having a sports show. But I want to know if the conversation between Triple H and Vince when he explained this to him. If it was something like, hey, Dad, Dad, so uh, I talked to Fox. And what they want us to do is have more of a sports show. You mean like sports <laughs> entertainment? No, no, no. Like uh, they want more like sports, you know. So, so they want they want sports. What the hell is that? Like like professional wrestling, like like what I do with NXT and, and NWA before you get into the whole entire thing. What the hell is NXT? God damn it! And I feel like that's I'm probably how the conversation was Jeffrey. Uh, I don't know that for a hundred percent. I wasn't there. But how do you feel about all this news, you know, with potentially having a more sports-driven SmackDown 
even though it's on Friday nights and that still scares on Fox and having someone like a Daniel Cormier and uh, Moran Allo take the announcing team for it. How does I feel about Fox wanting more wrestling? That's the question. I Let's entertain them. What's that last part? Let's let's uh, sports entertainment more professional wrestling is what I would think. More like NXT. Yeah, and and it's interesting when when um when this topic was presented to me is actually one of the topics I had on Jeffrey Show Live, but I just didn't have the time to make the video and fall through with this. So I'm excited to be sharing my voice right now. So thank you again for having me on, Dane. So what do I think about Fox? I think that it's a great alternative. I think that SmackDown is already different from Raw, in my opinion, just because of the time difference and how it's structured. But I think that it's a great alternative. I feel like a lot of people leave WWE all together for that alternative. And I feel like if you have an alternative within the company that's so so strongly like more wrestling opposed to sports entertainment, then it'll keep some in. And I feel like it'll give the opportunity to let others shine in some departments to where they're known from. Like, I feel like people have really gotten popular from wrestling. Like, not necessarily the sports entertainment aspect, but the wrestling aspect. So, and not to say that the two can't coincide or that they can't be great because you have people like Seth Rollins. But if you have some superstars where instead of future endeavor them or having them on the sideline, and that this show is catered to that, and it could still be a hit, then I say go on with it. I feel like for the headline to even release, there is a lot of consideration with that, especially with the amount that the deal has been disclosed. I, I'm here for it. Like, I think that it will really give the opportunity to to give a true feel of a brand split and not necessarily – feeling like, I hope that this Fox, I'm going to end it at this, I really hope that this Fox wanting more wrestling, less sports entertainment, create an atmosphere to where a brand split feels like a brand split because it's been hard to feel like it's a brand split because of the knowledge that I know. But back in 2002, even though I kind of still knew that it was kind of like storyline-driven purposes and I was younger, let me also include that I was younger, and um, less internet access, but it really felt like a brand split. I don't know if it felt like that to you, Dane. Could you could you um, let me know if it did? Is there some differences now from then where it felt like there was a separation? Absolutely. From the show? No, I, I completely agree on that. Um, so I'm just hoping that that's what happens with Fox being involved. <laughs> that's what I'm hoping. I, I, I kind of hope – all right, so – if if I could have it my way, if you will, uh, let's okay. take the three shows, include NXT. You send 205 Live, especially since it's on depleting and depleting in the ratings department. Combine it with NXT, like people have said. Make NXT two hours and its own more smaller based style thing. You skim Raw an hour. I think all of us could say that it doesn't need a fucking three-hour format anymore. Um, Advertising also- commercial sales, Dane. <laughs> they fail. I understand, man. I understand, but Jesus, you were you were saying this too. It puts me to sleep. I usually have to go back oh, yeah. on Hulu and watch if they have a good main event, and I find out about. It, I have to go back and watch it all. So dumb. But um, 
all right, do whatever you want with Raw. SmackDown obviously has a two-hour format. NXT stays the way it is. Raw, you give them the more talent that are more larger-than-life characters and also the bigger dudes and stuff like that. Okay. You, you kind of you kind of like obviously differentiate your tag team. Vince is never going to take tag teams seriously. So you can have more of your mm. fun tag teams on there. It's more of an entertainment show. It's more of a, a variety show. SmackDown becomes more sports. It's very much similar to NXT in a large format. And you have your AJ Styles, your Daniel Bryans, your Seth Rollins eventually, your Finn Balors, and wrestlers that are more of a wrestling caliber have that going for them more. They kind of tend to go on that that program. It doesn't mean that you're if, that if you're if you're good on the mic, you're going to go on Raw, and if you're good in the ring, you're going to go on SmackDown. That's not what I'm saying. SmackDown would also be more of where the tag teams a little more legitimate, like it is now. So basically, like it is now, but up a degree of of more closer to NXT than Raw, because I feel like SmackDown is definitely different than Raw. But still, if you have NXT at one top, and then you have on the other side Raw, I would like to see. SmackDown pivot more towards NXT than like Raw, if that makes sense, with the dramatics yes. and the if the storylines were good, Jeffrey. I'm sure me and you would not give a shit. But most time on Raw, it's like really that's how you put together. Wow, okay, Rusev Day's been building up this long, and you're gonna blow it off with fucking Native English and a shit match on that's not not even the fucking main event, and that's it. I mean, it's it's painful sometimes. Uh, then doing their thing, you know, Becky Lynch is a, is a heel. No, she's a baby face. Everyone likes her. No, she's a heel. I'm sorry, Road Dog, but I, I hate to tell you, but people are going to cheer every time you do stuff. But whatever. Do your thing. How about that? I digress. Keep on just getting aggravated by thinking of other stuff. But, yeah, that's what I would like from all of them. I, I, think that, I think that we're on the kind of the same page with that completely. And... I, I want something different, and I feel like that's what I got from what you said. I want something different, and do your thing over there, Vince, <laughs> on Raw. Do your thing. <laughs> Have your hey, way. Dad, I'm, 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 I'm going to go over to Fox, okay? You just stay here at USA, okay? <laughs> You're fired! All right, whatever. Um, Let's go over some non-WWE stuff. This is going to be fun, some... Uh, some fun stuff, and then uh, after we get with this done with this, we'll try to go over Evolution. Um, and if not, I'll try to cover it in the last 10 minutes real quick. I feel bad, but Raw SmackDown didn't really give a lot to go into Evolution. They were all building up to fucking uh, the Greatest Royal Rumble. And by the way, my God. All right, you got I – have to, I have to say this one thing about SmackDown that pissed me off. Just SmackDown are wrong. One of them. You have this intro video that you're trying to go over the best of the world thing with Kurt Angle. You have someone that was such a gifted promo that definitely we all know he's reading from a teleprompter because the guy's eyes moves from each word, and he talks like this while giving the promo that he is going to beat everyone. I hate you guys. I hate you over there. These scripted promos are killing everything. Your 50 fucking writers are killing everything. You never had those. Ugh. Anyways. Let's move on to the indies because they they pissed me off a hell of a lot less. Um, oh man, starting off with this story. All right, so Austin Aries and Johnny, Johnny uh, Impact, aka Johnny Morrison, aka Johnny Mundo, aka Johnny Gimmick name. John Morrison, good friend of the show. Love him. Love that he's a new Impact champion. What really went on at Bound for Glory? Uh, that's a question that everyone wants to know. 
you know, you have Austin Aries and, and, and Johnny Impact. You could tell there was animosity a little bit, at least unless he was – I mean, he could have been putting on a show, but the comments about his wife definitely pissed him off from Austin Aries because he made a short joke. Um, and wrestlers will use, you know – I mean, it's a good example is Kenny Omega and also Tomatonga called out Roman Reigns on Twitter, and it, obviously it was all just bullshit because of, you know, what you witnessed about both of them saying stuff. The Tomatonga thing, people actually got mad at him, like, you guys are idiots. He grew up with Roman. Like, they're friends in real life. He's just giving him shit called getting heat. You got to do it like that. Either way. But the whole thing with Austin Aries and Johnny seemed pretty real. And at the Hall of Fame for uh, Impact and TNA um, that Abyss was getting inducted into, there was a scuffle that was on there. They did the match and started off like a shoot. It, it looked like a shoot match for the most part. Now, I don't know if any of that was, was actually animosity because there were some looks like that was really stiff, asshole. Um, so I have no idea. I'm going to assume that match was supposed to look that way. I don't know about the ending, though. The ending was a little bit ridiculous. And basically, if you didn't know, John gives Austin Aries, after kicking out of the Brain Buster from Austin Aries, John Morrison follows it up shortly by a Brain Buster himself and then his, his move off the top ropes, uh, the split-legged moonsault. Um, and uh, one, two, three, new champion. Austin Aries immediately gets up. Walks to the back, no sales, the effect of the finisher, which is a big no-no in wrestling. Flicks off the fans in the audience and then flicks off Don Callis, who is one of the top creatives over at Impact. So was Austin Aries being a dick? His contract coincidentally ended right before this. Or is this elaborate thing where they've re-upped his contract, they're trying to make it as... It just sounds like Vince Russo fucking wrote this shit, if that's true. And not Don Callis. I don't think he would he would expose the business, if you will, by having him no-sell that shit. And then fucking uh, Austin Aries has always – he has rumors of being egotistical, to say the least. I could see him, unfortunately, doing this. I hope he didn't, but at the same time, I hope it's not an angle. That, that seems really stupid. Everything would have been fine except for that ending. Um, but, I mean, it's, it's not going to make me lose sleep at night or anything like that. But uh, it's still a question. I have no idea. If if you ask me, I think that there was a lot of animosity between the guys, but they put on a good performance, made it look worse than it was in reality. It was just a stiff wrestling match, and they kind of made it look like it was a clumsy fight at first. They were trying to do that. At the end, I think Austin Mm -hmm. Aries acted like a dickhead and walked out on the company, and that was him just going in to do whatever the fuck he's going to do next. Um, I could be wrong, though. I have no idea. But, Jeff... um, Chat me up on, 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 you know, what you think about this whole Austin Aries thing. Do you think that he did that on purpose? Or do you think this is all part of a big storyline? So, Jay, I, I apologize. I didn't do research. I've been hearing he say, she say. I haven't had the opportunity. And I can't even lie. I haven't cared enough to follow up to know that. But somebody texted me, and they said that Austin Aries, Austin Aries excuse me, was no longer working with Impact Wrestling and that it was all real. Now, with, I've been lied to so much with Crown Jewel. I don't know what to believe right now. So somebody could have been just saying what they he say, she say of her when I received that message, but I didn't follow up. I was hoping you did, but it seems like it's still in question well, of whether it's a work or not. So is it still up in the air, or has it been confirmed? Like, Is it still up in the air? It's been confirmed. 
his, it was confirmed the last uh, pay-per-view that was in his contract was Bound for Glory. So unless he re-upped it. Okay, that's what I heard. And, that's what I heard. And that, that, that's going to be a storyline later on? That's the question. It, did he re-up his contract? Okay, all storyline. Him going out like a fucking asshole and, you know, uh, no selling. I and think, then flipping up on Callis and the fans. I think that... This is not a storyline, and but what it did do for me because people are trying to make it understand why it would be a storyline, and some people even understand why it's a lose lose. And I, I understand all of them. Uh, it got me to watch Impact Wrestling. I can't even lie. If I was gonna watch Impact Wrestling, it was gonna happen. If it didn't, I was okay with it too. But when that happened, when those reports, when I woke up on Monday morning. I watched Impact Wrestling that afternoon because of the headlines that morning of Austin Aries not selling uh, Johnny, uh, I was about to call him Mundo, but Johnny Impact's finishing maneuver championship win. But that's what sold the show for me. And I was kind of like, I'm not doing anything else this afternoon. Let me just watch the whole pay-per-view up into it. Because I need to see for myself. The gift was not doing it for me. The gist was not doing it for me. The videos were doing no justice. I was hearing people's opinions. I need to watch it. So a lot of people were kind of like, this is what's going to get people to start watching. But with that being said, I don't agree. I think that it was a classless move from, from Austin Aries. It reminded me of Leo Rush when he no-sells the injury before. He signed to the main scene when he did that ladder spot, and it blazed the Internet. It's just I, I don't like it. it. I know there's different styles of wrestling, but this, this one isn't it for me. I, I just really don't like it. Like, he should have been assisted. Like, you know what to do, Austin Aries. I heard that Austin Aries, from people that I'm close with, that he's not the easiest people. I've never thought that I would be able to say stuff like that in <laughs> when I was younger. But I seriously know people in the industry, and they say he's not the nicest person or the easiest person to be with. So that I instantly draw that conclusion along with what happened. I was like, oh, such and such did tell me this is how he used to act in the WWE. So things like that just culminated for me to be like, Austin Aries, I feel like this was as real as it gets, and I wish that he would have handled it differently because although we all make decisions that are in the moment, I just didn't agree with that moment. Like, especially being a Johnny Impact fan and he's a nice person I've actually got the chance to meet him and he's nice and I'm hearing these bad things about Austin Aries sometimes about his cockiness and attitude and all this uh, I think that it's real and I and I think that it sucks that he did that like I don't see this ending well uh, similar to some of the real situations with Albert Alberto Del Rio that happened in Impact I think that this is another real one to be honest I don't think that this is this is a work. And that, that's, that, that's what sucks is because TNA was having a time where they were getting their shit together a little bit when they had um, uh, Bruce Pritchard and um, what the hell, uh, Dutch Mantel. And they had a good creative team probably about a year and a half ago. And then Alberto Del Rio killed it. Then they ushered in a different era with Austin Aries and he kind of took off the slack for it. When Don Callis came in is when I started watching again. He's done with Sammy Callahan as a character, Pentagon, Phoenix, uh, especially uh, what's his name, um, Brian Cage. Uh, you know, a lot of these guys. They've the show, the production value's gotten better. He's on commentating. Don Callis and Kevin Kelly is probably my favorite commentating team, uh, if you will. Now, so Don on anything's going to be great. 
Um, it just it sucks that they seem another bad apple, basically. Because John Morrison, I've also I've, I've interviewed on on here. He's an extremely nice guy. Uh, he deserved it. The dude was on. I mean, if when it came to all the Mexicans, he literally had the Lucha Underground title and three the three major AAA championships at the same time. At the, you know, I mean, that's that's ridiculous. He's basically to Mexico, I think, what Kenny Omega is to Japan. You know, um, and uh, he's an excellent talent. He's great at babyface, great at, great at heel if he's got to do it. And uh, it just sucked that he won the Impact Championship finally, and it was all in, in vain, if you will. And I'd say the only positive, and we're going to kind of go into, uh, you know, um, kind of this, what we were talking about beforehand, the plus is Austin Aries now, I don't know what the fuck company's going to want to deal with him, Jeffrey, but he's going to get heel heat even more so whether this was real or staged, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. He's definitely going to right, get a so, lot of So speaking about heel heat, uh, Don Callis. All right, so Kenny Omega did a show at his – Kenny uh, Omega. His, uh, Kenny Omega. He was at Winnipeg, where he's from, um, and uh, at a local show. I guess he used to wrestle out all the time. I know the Golden Sheik, which is his uncle, and he's the one who trained Don Callis. He's a big trainer, or he was until he passed away, unfortunately. Um, I think it was his promotion. I'm not 100% sure. But Don Callis showed up. And Don Callis has been Kenny's kind of his manager, if you will. Like, they never went the route in New Japan of him as Paul Heyman, but they kind of had that type of build. In real life, they're very close. You know, like I said, his whole trained Don, he holds him very highly, and he, he, you know, he's the one who introduced Kenny to Chris. So Kenny just beat this dude, and his buddies who are a tag team come to the ring to his rescue, and Kenny just destroys them, that they look, you know, like schmucks, basically, blah, 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 blasey, blasey. Enter Don Callis. He enters a promo, starts putting Kenny over, and then completely reverses it, kind of pulls Billy Ray and says that Kenny and the Young Bucks are destroying the industry, you know, doing the whole Jim Cornette heel thing that a lot of guys are doing nowadays, which is funny, because uh, they don't mean it, but Corny does. Um, and just, just going into Kenny, and, and at the end of it, uh, even though he was insulting him earlier, we find the other guys are people that Don has trained and makes them all beat the shit out of Kenny in the ring. So I don't know really what that means. Uh, you know, we haven't had Don Callis over in Japan. Uh, Kenny, actually, the Young Bucks, uh, Cody, and Jericho have all been protesting because there's new management over in New Japan, but we'll get to that. Um, yes, yeah, that's another so, story. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That He needs to come back over and work with Kevin Kelly even though he's, you know, he wants to do interaction like he's doing with Ring of Honor with New Japan. They're being pains in the ass about it with Impact since he's leading it now. And uh, there's been a lot of stuff. But either way, cool little uh, extra storyline to go in there that they can kind of go with maybe later on. I don't know if this is even going to do anything. I just thought it was interesting. If you guys want to check out the video, I'm sure you can just search Kenny Omega, Don Callis, Winnipeg on YouTube, and you'll find the clip. Uh, either way... How do you feel about the concept of, you know, the Paul Heyman to Kenny's Lesnar, if you will, Don Callis turning on Kenny Omega and having a bunch of his students beat the crap out of him at a Winnipeg show? I think that that's what wrestling is. That Well, I'm going to speak on my end. That's what I've come to love about wrestling, those unpredictable moments, those unexpected moments, those portrayals. 
I feel like that is like the top root of storylines, why they're the most popular storylines. I use references and examples many times to get my point across, but the betrayals, the 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 acts of I'm thinking of I want to throw one out, but even Brock and Paul Heyman back in the early stages, um, I love it. I feel like it was completely unexpected. A lot of these moments and a lot of these times where things happen are not live to me. So I usually see them pop up, and it amazes me how excited I still get over them because I'll be like, oh, snap, like this just happened? Let me now actually go watch it, and it still gives me chills. Like, that's just how I've adapted to things. I was kind of like, I read the headline originally. I was kind of like, wait, this just happened? And I actually don't believe it sometimes. I think that some things are like clickbait, but I actually watched videos of of that happen specifically with Kenny and Don, and I, it's one of the reasons why I love professional wrestling. And I don't know what's the only thing that I can say from it, Dane, to be honest, is one of, one of the questions that I would pose back to you, and it was hard for me to do that um, throughout the entire week. But what is to come from it now? Like, what do you think comes from this? Because I don't know. I genuinely don't. Like, it was a moment. I loved it. But what comes from this? I don't know. Okay. I don't know what Kenny's doing. I know. It's like, I don't know what Kenny's doing. We don't know. We we all know this up in the air. I don't think he would go to Impact even because of Don Callis. I know he loves Don, but I don't think that's going to be something feasible for him unless he can travel and work with New Japan still. But either way, with this whole thing of if WWE offers him and the other guys of the elite money and give them what they want, which is a little bit of creative control behind them, then I could see him going to WWE. I could see him staying in New Japan, but there's new you know, people in charge that are kind of pissing off a lot of those guys. So it's so weird. But what – what is this going to work? Because if Don Callis doesn't go to New Japan anymore and commentate, he doesn't have any interaction. So is this a way to close off that chapter? Was this not supposed to be that big of a deal or taken out of the way? I mean, if 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 even on the indie setting, up. if you had Paul Heyman, if you had if you had Paul Heyman do a Brock Lesnar, even like somehow on the indie setting, it would be a big deal. Even though it's a small show, I, I don't know what direction they exactly go. Maybe I'm pretty sure all of them are going to be on the Jericho cruise, and now they're putting on the fight app. So maybe something happens there that will further this. That could be it, actually, now I think about it. Okay, look at you. You just <laughs> talked it out. It just started flowing when you started. I love when that happens. That's what happens with me sometimes. But I've been true. I know I'm going to be following up with it. I well, If in <laughs> New Japan permits me to with this new management <laughs> that's going on. Have yeah, you heard about right the down pages and all? <laughs> like that's crazy. Let let let's go right into that. So now there's 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 rumors. Actually, there's direct reports. Dave Meltzer has been talking about it that New Japan has come under new management, no, new ownership, and a lot of the talent not happy about that. And they're apparently gaijing cha- uh, talent, which the Americans that come over, if you will. Um, so yes. you're the elite. A lot of those guys aren't happy with the direction of this. Tamatanga. Being Tomatonga made a nice little comment on Twitter saying, all right, well, if all of you guys don't want to be here, then get out. Like, so that was either creating heel heat or maybe he meant it partially. I don't know. <laughs> no you. idea. There's a truth in every joke. Remember that. There's a truth in every joke. <laughs> Absolutely. <truth>. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
that could be another factor in what happens in a couple of months once Kenny, the Bucks, Cody, Marty, and Adam are all done with their contracts. It's all around the same time. I don't know what's going to happen. It's very, very intriguing. Um, and this this sucks also for New Japan because I love New Japan as a product. And I don't want to taint this with some of my favorite wrestlers in the world. Like, minus the elite, Kazuchika Okada, you know, Tetsuya Naito, uh, Ishii, like what's gonna what's gonna happen with their product? I hope it's not gonna get watered down. Is what I'm saying. Um, I hope they don't Americanize it, if you will. But on the flip side, uh, when we go back to this conversation of if they come to WWE, I'm still going by my guns that Kenny and the Elite are the only ones that are probably gonna go straight to Maine if that happens. Cody's possible, I think because of how big he's gotten, it makes sense to put him. But I don't see Adam Page and even Marty Skrull, and I love Marty Skrull. I've, I've said that he reminds me of Randy Savage mixed with, you know, he's, he's a little combination of the two of them, this one awesome gimmick. They're going NXT, which is not a bad thing, but I can't see them getting what they want, which is all of them together, one promotion, and creative control. I'm talking about Vince McMahon. So the whole thing's crazy, mainly – and you can kind of go into what I was just talking about if you want to, uh, Jeff. But, uh, you know, how do you feel about this new management that's taken over New Japan, rubbing certain people, especially the elite, the wrong way, apparently? I think that it's just like any job. <laughs> when, <clears throat> excuse me. You all, when a new management is coming in and things start to change, and that's why – you know, I I compare wrestling, and I've actually had this conversation uh, with Cody, to be honest. I've had this conversation that I really parallel wrestling to, I don't want to say that wrestling is like this fantasy, but it is kind of to real-life parallels. And one of them being is that I'm always appreciative when growing up, when I worked in uh, corporate America, in a sense, that as much as I don't like my manager or my boss, I would hate to find out what's going to happen on the other side with new management because at least I know how this manager and boss is. At least I know what I don't like. But this new management from New Japan is just the epitome of what I feel like, oh, snap, I was complaining about that manager, but this manager is 20 times worse. And I feel like that's what's occurring right right now in a sense that I'm thinking of long term. I'm thinking of that Madison Square Garden. Were you thinking of that, any of that long? I can imagine you were, like that long term. I'm thinking of deals and relationships, and this could be a mess. This has potential to be a mess. Like, like this isn't going to end pretty at the pace that it's going in. Like, it just seems like we've been, like, having such a great summer, all in, so much has happened, and now, boom. Like everything just exploded, and I am not looking forward to how this is gonna end. I'm just gonna say that I'm not. Um, these um, independent superstars uh, like Cody and the Bucks, amongst others, they're independent and they are independent contractors. So they're very, they're not so much in tune of listening to others. I'm not to say that they're rebellious or like that, but. They, they're they doing what's best for their interests and what's best for them, and I completely respect that. And I feel like that's going to play a part into how they're feeling right now. And that's why I say that it seems like this New Japan management, from what I've been reading, that's all I have to go by from what I've been reading, he's 
not a tough cookie. He stands by what he says, and I don't know if something's drastic is going to change, but this doesn't look like it's going to end pretty. And I'm just thinking about Madison Square Garden and just so much upcoming and how it's it's unfortunate. The people that are interested in New Japan, their perspectives are looking at the company now, like their perspectives. They probably didn't even want to go to WWE, but now things are changing on their end. It's just a mess, unfortunately. It's a mess. Like, I'm getting depressed talking about it, to be honest. It's a mess. It's affecting the fans, too. Let me just say that. It's affecting the fans. I'm going to end that. It's really affecting the fans. That's really the another thing, too. It's affecting everyone. It's affecting the fans, though. <laughs> now, it's crazy that the WWE have, think about this. You know, Pentagon and, and are apparently uh, they already have pretty much the, all of the evolved big guys at the time of Riddle. You know, um, they don't have Brian. Well, Brian Cage is an impact, never mind. But they have Matt Riddle. They have uh, 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 Jeff Cobb. They have, you know, Ricochet. Uh, they're they're possibly going to have the whole entire elite. There's rumors that Shane Strickland's making his way over there. I mean, those are some of the biggest names in the indie. Like, they've been trying to get Walter to come work for UK NXT, at least, because uh, they've been interacting with him a, a lot. I mean, yes, I've heard of that. I've heard of that. And now, and now, and now, on top of that, Jeff, you're talking about New Japan management pissing off a lot of the talent over there. What the fuck if the WWE gets Okada? You know, what what if they have cracked him over? What if Shinsuke's like, dude, come over here, you'll make a shit ton of money, you won't have to get your head bashed as badly, and you know, once if you want to go back, go fucking back. That's the whole thing with any of those guys. They're all in their 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 mid thirties. They go over to WWE for a couple of years, make their career even bigger, make a hell of a lot more money. You know, even the Bucks, they'll make more money, and and not have to take all the the risky bumps. And if they don't like it, through your contract, go back to fucking New Japan. I mean, it's just crazy how the landscaping with all these things, all the big indie promotions working together, all in coming how it is. NXT expanding globally. You know, you have SmackDown now going to to Fox, and you have these huge wrestling factions outside of the WWE and, and, and people now possibly going in that direction. It's, it's crazy. WWE is, do you think that the WWE intentions are to take it more? I know it's kind of the obvious question, but I just want to hear you think WWE are trying to wipe out the Indies. Well, even Vince, I think believes that as long as he doesn't have to worry about anyone and he doesn't right now, uh, that this is good for business. It keeps wrestling afloat, um, and also he gets to take the talent if he wants to pay them enough. And he might not be the person, but then he grabs them and it joins his friggin' empire. So he definitely doesn't want to buy all of them out by any means. You know, there's no way. I love Joey Janela. I don't see him going to WWE anytime soon. And you know, certain guys that's like, unless NXT, I could. And Triple H might like them, but just knowing Vince and how he works things, you know, I, I, I don't know. It sucks that they had Sammy Callahan and now they don't. He's someone that they should definitely fucking get again. Just don't call him Solomon Crow or whatever the fuck bullshit that was. All right. Um, right. We, got, we got one last big one that we'll get into. Uh, Cody Rhodes at the NWA 70th anniversary pay-per-view in a two out of three. Oh. 
match. Lost the NWA title to Nick Aldis. Yes. Uh, yes. He was able to. Um, he, he, I think he, he had it. Go, he won against uh, Willie Mack. I don't know if he if he defended it with anyone else, but he definitely defended it at least once. But uh, it's gonna uh, be Willie a Mack. Match. Willie yeah. Mack. Well, Willie Mack. And, and by the way, Willie Mack won the uh, the the World NWA National Championship in a tournament. That was one, the, the match that he won against. I forgot the other dude's name. Awesome match. Big Willie Mack fan. Uh, I've always said he reminds me of Junkyard Dog meets Dusty Rhodes, dude, and he's a fun wrestler to watch. Started liking him yeah. with Lucha Underground when I first got a view on him. But um, either way, Cody lost. I think they're going to have a rubber match. I think this was put it on Cody, give him the prestige. His dad never, you know, he held the title three times, but he never had it for that long of a time in between. Uh, give it back to Nick Aldis, give the rub to them and then have another match to bring in the audience again. You know, everyone forgets Nick Aldis was big in TNA. You know, he, he beat people like Kurt Angle and freaking AJ Styles. So they still can keep on running with him. But I don't think Cody's interaction ends with MWA because of this, even after the, the, the uh, third match between the two. But I also, when he won the U.S. champion, uh, IWGP uh, U.S. championship, over at New Japan, I was like, he's losing the NWA title. There's no way he's going to hold both titles. And lo and behold, that was the point of it. It was an awesome match. Um, I really enjoyed it. Definitely old-school wrestling feel, which is what they were going for anyways. Um, I really enjoyed Jim Cornette and uh, Tony Schiavone. Um, I've been watching the shit out of MLW. Love seeing Tony Schiavone as commentator again. Uh, the event yeah. was uh, good wrestling-wise, but the 70th anniversary production-wise was horrible. Uh, music cues, just very, very slowly, uh between who's going where. And Jim Cornette definitely didn't want to talk about certain things that happened in the ring, <laughs> including uh, Jazz, who retained against Penelope Ford for the, uh, the Women's uh, NWA Championship, um, calling out Nick Aldis or whoever won the NWA title, saying that she wanted yeah, a chance he at did. it. He, he, he wasn't, he wasn't, gonna, he wasn't really going to go into that whole entire thing. We know how Jim Cornette is about stuff like that and funny things. But uh, either way, cool having fun commentating. I would, if you want to go back and watch it, watch the last match of the uh, the NWA National uh, Championship tournament thing with Willie Mack, and then watch the last match with – actually, Jazz and Penelope Ford was really good too. The three championship match, basically, and the last one with Cody and Nick Aldis, I would definitely recommend. Did you get a chance to watch 7th Anniversary? And how do you feel just regardless about – Cody flipping the title this quickly. I actually um, watched in its entirety the main event uh, because I didn't know that my good friend Camilla Kane was going to be a part of it. I was actually really sorry. This is actually her birthday, so happy birthday, Camilla Kane. Today's her birthday, so I thought that was one hell of a birthday gift to be a part of NWA 70. I was kind of like, yo, like, that's goals right there, like. So I'm really excited. So actually, I no disrespect to Cody and Nick and NBA seventy, but I was kind of I want to see her. Like I want to like you know when your friend is a part of something sometimes. Like, Let me see what she did. So um, that's what really prompted me to watch watching. And I was uh, proud. There was this moment where Jim Cornette said, "These women are distracting <laughs> the match." And it was I spit out my drink. I was kind of like, "Whoa, that was funny." I was gonna like because they were they were distracting the match like they're in the ring distracting um, the men in the matchup. But uh, Cody losing the championship, I a part of me was surprised, a part of me wasn't. 
it was a solid matchup. Um, a part of me was surprised, part of me wasn't. Eh, there's a rubber match, as you said, so it kind of makes sense. So they're going to do this again. Uh, have they have they picked a date for the third one or no? It's to be determined? No. Pretty, okay. To be determined. Mm-hmm. To be determined. Um, so I... I feel like what I will say about thinking about it, because now um, my emotions are, like, settled with it, Cody winning that All-In was a historic moment. NWA 70, that was a historic moment, in my opinion, for Nick. I feel like it made sense for Nick to get it back. Now, thinking about it out loud, talking in dialogue with somebody, they both won it on two big occasions, and I think that it was a nice matchup. I can't wait to see what they do differently in the third matchup, because I feel like the style – of this match was different from all in, which I appreciate it. Uh, I wish Cody would have helped it longer, but I also like that Nick won it on such a grand stage of NWA 17. I do agree on the production too. It's funny that you said that out loud because I knew something was off, but I didn't know. <laughs> so you said, okay, oh, that's what it was. But something was off when I was watching it. But NWA 70, Cody losing the championship. And I, never thought that Cody needs the championship anyway. So, him losing it wasn't such a heartbreaking moment for me. So, I'm excited for the next match. I can't even lie. I feel like I love rivalries. I love when people fight each other multiple times, contrary to to people's belief. I love love rivalries. I feel like things get better with time. I feel like wrestlers start to, like, know each other better in the ring more. So, by that third match, like, they're glocked and ready to go. So, I love rivalries. So, I'm excited. To see what these guys do next time. Yeah, I think a good example of that is Okada and Omega. Man, they built up a great rivalry through a almost two year period and had a couple matches. And I think I'm what not was it? A six long. star match? What was people saying? Was it six stars? Did I get a mistake? Was it six stars? I, what I do all the time is I change up uh, star rating systems, and uh, sometimes we're going to give them eight star. And Brian Alvarez is going <laughs> to yell at me. Uh, but uh, either way, yeah, I agree with you. Um, should be interesting with that. Uh, all right, man. I know that you had a you had a dip out. Not not early. We have ten minutes left afterwards. Oh yeah, I, I appreciate you for thinking of me. <laughs> I was all into the conversation. I appreciate you. No, no, no problem, man. And I want to say that I had a great time. Jeff will definitely get you on again, so we can talk a hell of a lot more about wrestling. Please. We've got a- this was fun. <laughs> With between each other separately, we have a lot going on, so we should definitely, uh, you know, use our powers together. But um, I'll let you uh, do all your plugs and everything, and, and say goodbye. But I wanted to kind of throw you with this this last uh, indie rumor yeah. that I'm going to shut down at least uh, for myself personally, and that's that this whole rumor that Chris Jericho and Jim Ross, Jim Ross has stated many times, oh, promotion. Uh, they're starting a promotion together, and the elite are going to head it. Chris Jericho put something funny on Twitter. He's like, I had no idea about that. I'm also starting a <laughs> restaurant, blah, blah, blah. And I'm also going to be starting a – so I'm pretty sure it's all bullshit, guys. Uh, unfortunately, that's the internet, but who the fuck knows? <laughs> I'll just leave you to uh, you know exit out of this with that weird concept. Thanks for being on, buddy. What do you think? Thank you so much. Uh, one of the things – I was so excited for seeing Jim Ross' name on it. I was kind of like, oh, snap, Jim Ross is a wrestling genius. Like, I was kind of like, what is about to happen? Then I seen 
Chris Jericho and somebody else's name was on it. I don't know if you remember. Somebody else's name was on it. And um, apparently, apparently they're getting funded by the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's the rumor. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't click on the story, but uh, I saw three names, Chris Jericho, Jim Ross, and somebody else. And after I saw multiple names involved, I was kind of like, oh, no, it's how legit it is that the multiple names, that was just me. But once I saw Jim Ross, like, I was here for it. Like, I'm excited about a Jim Ross promotion. Like, long overdue, long overdue. So, um, but I will have to look into that a lot more. But if Jim Ross is trying something, I'm ready for it. Like, Jim Ross has the knowledge and the experience. Not to say that Chris Jericho and the others don't. Like, I think that Bully Ray could want to, just how he does his um, wrestling school, I feel like he could have one hell of a promotion, Bully Ray. Yeah. He could have a promotion. <laughs> so. But it costs a lot of money to do that. So if people come together, it's about to be crazy out here. We won't even have to talk about New Japan. Unfortunately, I don't. Uh, that probably came out wrong. Let me let me not go into that. <laughs> that probably came out wrong. <laughs> but, um, another option, another option. Absolutely, and that that's the best thing about wrestling is having different options. And I don't know if I believe it, like I said, but uh, if I mean if G- Jim Ross and 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 Chris Jericho get all this money from the uh, billionaire. To make a promotion with the elite That's in the mind thing. to lead it, yeah. But it sounds too good to be true. But either way, we didn't even talk uh, about evolution. So my a notification just popped up. We didn't even talk about evolution, did we? <laughs> I was since since you had a since you had to get out here. I was going to go over uh, real quick. Okay, and, nice, uh, nice. Hold it down with evolution. Hold it, hold it down. <laughs> Absolutely, dude. Do you want to give any plugs before you get out of here, buddy? Uh, I only have one plug, to be honest. You can follow me on everything. That's YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, anything you can think of. There is an account that is J-E-F-F-R-E-Y-S-H-O-W-L-I-V-E, and that spells Jeffrey Show Live, and the logo will be displayed. I appreciate you guys so much for listening and the opportunity, Dane. Absolutely, buddy. It was good uh, talking to you. We'll definitely talk very, very soon. Thank you so much, Jeffrey Taylor. Everyone, like he said, listen to his show at Jeffrey Show Live. Check this guy out. He's got some great videos, great production, especially on uh, his YouTube videos. Really enjoy them, man. Have a good one, all right? Yes, sir. Thank you. All right, guys. That was Jeffrey. Like I said, he'll definitely be back. In the future, we'll uh, get him in. He's a lot of fun to talk to, and he, he loves wrestling. And that, that's the whole point of this whole entire thing is, is the love of wrestling itself. All right, so let's go over Evolution. I definitely want to do that. Real quick, I'll give you guys a card, and then, you know, I'll kind of go through it and say who I'd like to see win it. We'll go over the Battle Royal. This is ridiculous. There's like a million friggin' people on this thing. This is basically, I call this uh, – you know, like they said, the over-budget battle royal over at All End. Uh, we don't have anything for you, so we'll just throw you in this. Alicia Fox, Alundra Blaze, Oscar, Billy Kay, Carmella, Dana Brooke, Ember Moon, Ivory, Kevin Kelly Kelly, Lana, not Kevin Kelly, Mandy Rose, Maria Canellis, Michelle McCool, Molly Holly, Naomi, Nia Jax, Peyton Royce, Sonya Deville, Tamina, Tori Wilson, and Zelina Vega. I hope the last four that are Ember Moon, 
Asuka, Alundra Blaze, and Molly Holly. And I hope it ends up just being Asuka and Alundra Blaze and Asuka Eliminator and wins. I think that would be awesome. All right, so the uh, NXT UK Women's Championship match, um, which definitely was announced, but my notes obviously don't have that. I'm sorry about that, guys. I believe it's uh, Tony Storm versus someone. Either way, Sasha Banks, Bailey, and Natalya versus the Riot Squad, the babyfaces are going to win. They better. Uh, Trish and Lita versus Mickey James and Alexa Bliss. If Alexa Bliss isn't out, um, I think the heels are going to win. If they, she is out and they have to put someone else in, uh, especially, uh, which one call it? I forgot her name. Oh, man, I feel bad now. Alicia Fox. Yeah, I, I doubt that they're going to win. Um, but, yeah, so heels could win if Alexa's there. If not, baby faces are definitely winning. But I could see them potentially doing something else with Trish and Alexa at a future date. All right, NXT Women's Championship. Kari Sane versus Shayna Baszler. By the way, if, if um, the UK Women's Championship match uh, is Tony Storm, I'd like to see her win. Um, I know Rhea Ripley's in the Mae Young Classic. I'd like to see her win. NXT Women's Championship. I think uh, Shayna is going to lose to Kari Sane, and she's making her way to Monday Night Raw and eventually going to be paid by Stephanie to go against Ronda Rousey, and they will lead to Mania. That's my bold prediction for that. Ronda is going to beat Nikki Bella and also the other Bella. Um, and the SmackDown Women's Championship match, Becky is going to retain against Charlotte. I think that the first match should be the two of them kicking the shit out of each other in the last woman standing because I think obviously, inevitably, Nikki and uh, Ronda are going to end it. Ticket sales spiked when they announced that match. It only makes sense in a business standpoint. Start with the best and with a big big, you know, big one, if you will. But that's what I think. Guys, it's been a great show. It's good to be back. I've enjoyed talking to all of you. Enjoyed talking to Jeffrey. Definitely check us out. We're back. No other problems. No other issues. Moving forward, it is going to be Wrestling Geeks Alliance, Wednesday nights, 7 o'clock until 9 o'clock, PM, EST, all that type of stuff. Check out social media's at Geek Vibes Nation on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Go to gvnation.com for all the articles that we have from all our amazing writers, as well as links to our blog talk, our Instagram, our Twitter, our Facebook, and our iTunes account. And, uh, you know, so glad that you guys listen. And I also want to throw out a big shout-out to Blue Chew, who is sponsoring our shows. They are a great company, and if you guys go to bluechew.com, and put the promo code GVN. You can get off. Uh, you can get free besides shipping on your first shipment of Blue Chew. Check it out. It will definitely spike and increase some stuff within your bedroom. Thank you, guys. Everyone have a lovely, lovely evening. It's been a fun, fun show, and I've definitely enjoyed it. So as soon as I find this wonderful exiting drop, you know, I'm just going to keep on talking to try to keep it going on. Either way, thank you guys. Let the Geek Advice be with you. Another episode of Wrestling Geeks Alliance. Peace out! Hey, monkeys, it's me, DDP, Diamond Dollars Page, the king of Bada Bing, the master of the diamond cutter, the three-time world champion professional wrestler, WWE Hall of Famer, and CEO and founder of DDP Yoga. And you monkeys, 
Well, you're listening to Geek Vibes Nation. And that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. Bang! Guys, remember the days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. So listen up. BlueChew.com, that's blue like the color blue. BlueChew.com brings the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know it works. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work twice as fast as any pill, so you can do whatever you want, whenever you want. Blue Chew is prescribed online and ships direct Discreet packaging, no doctor's visit, no weirdness, nothing. So get a promo code with GVN and check out BlueChew.com for your first shipment for free, just $5 shipping. Thank you, BlueChew, for being a sponsor of Geek Vibes Nation. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Hero.co. 